You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. You're drinking yeah, Mountain and I Dew said, and Jeff, Pepsi. I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to make it up to you. Where's my pop? And he said, Mountain Dew Zero. And you know where there is Mountain Dew Zero in Columbiana? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere. I drove all over Kingdom Come, Columbiana. I wonder if Dollar Nothing. General has it. I didn't go to Dollar General. Anyway, there. I'm drinking my pink drink. I see that. Look at you. I don't you, know what's in are this. Are you back in? To my pink drink? Yeah. Isn't that, what's it called? If it's Avocare stuff, it's Spark. It's yeah, similar. It's not Advocare, but it's like it's, that. Um, There's no way. I, I should know them. because I'm paying for it every month. Starts <laughs> <laughs> mm. with a P. Plexus. Thank you. Taking a, making a plug for Plexus pink drink. <laughs> <laughs> What's this town you were raised in? Burgles. You Is that never how you heard say of it? Burgles, Ohio. I mean, come on. <laughs> they have one stoplight there now. It's like Weaverville, <laughs> Burgles, Ohio. I have not. Where's it next Burgles. to? <laughs> South of Slingville. About 45 minutes away from here. Straight how, down 164. How old were you when you moved to Columbiana? Third grade. Nine. Was, yeah. Ish. Nine-ish. From Burgles? Yeah. To Columbiana? Yep. Why? Dad worked Cause at Because it's the, the nicest place in the world. <laughs> oh, that was Dad it. worked at uh, GM, and he was making that drive from Burgles to... Are you kidding Lordstown. me? Lordstown. Every day. And after wrecking the car two or three times in one year, uh, it's like, okay, it's time to move. <laughs> but good deal. They brought you to Columbia. Yeah. And probably if I stayed in Burgles, I probably would have gotten into all kinds of trouble. Instead, single hand. You got in trouble in Columbiana. Yeah. (laughs) Mildly so. So I think you were a senior when I was a freshman. Sounds right. You graduated in 86? Yes. Graduated with Rex Hanscom. That's right. Who'd you hang (laughs) around with? way. Steve Herivnik. Gotta remember Steve. I I remember his name, but I'm trying to place his face. That's Um, it. Gene Miller and Derek Hellman, they were a year ahead of me. Okay, I didn't. I was in middle school. Yeah, I was one year ahead of your sister. That's right. Aww. You played football? Yes. I played freshman, sophomore year. I played low league as well, but I played freshman, sophomore year. I quit and pursued church things, (laughs) such as church camps and stuff like that. What church camp did you go to? We went to the Nazarene Church. And went to uh, our church camp was Canaan Acres in Louisville. You're a camp kid. We were camp kids for like a year. Well, Ligonier was like way too pricey, you know, for our family to ever go. But for a little while, my aunt and uncle paid for just one year. For one of us. Oh, <laughs> so Jonathan went. <laughs> I was never a camp kid. Oh, I grew up in the camp. I went. The first year I could go and, you know, kept calling mom every night. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And she says, you have to stay till Wednesday. Wednesday came around. I was like, mom, forget about it. I'm staying. Oh, <laughs> so. What a wise mom. <laughs> How old were you? Probably seven. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were little. That's, yeah. Oh. First time away from home, too. That's I rough. Mean, <laughs> we did not camp. We were not we, kid uh, campers. 
they had boys camp and then teen camp and then also with teen camp then they would also have church camp itself which was for everybody but they had a separate thing for the teens so i stayed up there all the time oh my gosh did you work there no that's probably the only place you didn't work my <laughs> probably, goodness yeah <laughs> you should see this list oh my gosh we'll go over it I'll, okay i'll listen when you go through the list i'm just here to have fun good <laughs> I'm glad. That's all we're here for. You're going to see that I'm just an average Joe or average Jeff, but. (laughs) Diet Pepsi, (laughs) Mountain Dew Zero. No, I was trying for Mountain Dew Zero. It had to be because there's no, there's no zero anywhere. So that's just real Mountain Dew. That's Mountain Dew Diet. You're going to be jacked up in a little bit. I'm jacked up on the saccharin, (laughs) which is still saccharin in Mountain Dew Zero, but just not as much. I don't know. It's the, poison. The it's zero. all poison. Yeah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, while Beth drinks not... her pink drink, you and I will drink poison. We'll have okay. a great time. Great conversations. <laughs> Mine's filled with antioxidants and 19 vitamins. And <laughs> Really? I don't know what's in it, honestly. Oh, my gosh. That, yes, that pink is... drink right there is probably $7, too. <laughs> Man, I'm rethinking with... my life. <laughs> Maybe I you could have it and then stay up with Chris all night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Chris, don't give her advocate or spark. I, I might go home and buy some Plexus tonight. I should put this diet Pepsi I have, down. I have like cartons of them because I don't drink them all. Oh. I'll give you some oh my for okay. free. What? $7 drink for wow. free. How about that? Winner, winner, it chicken pay, dinner. Pays to podcast with Beth. Free pink drink. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? I guess so. Can I, <laughs> I had to breathe in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Beth. It's Calf. And we are here with Average Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> There's nothing average about him. He said he's like an average Joe. But Jeff Kalina is joining us today in the studio. Thanks for coming. Yeah. He <laughs> is well. just here to have fun, he told us. Yep. I like it. <laughs> Going into a deep dive of funny games. Oh. <laughs> First off, Mancala. What is that? It's a game. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, no games. <laughs> no, it's Christmas season. Reindeer games. Oh, that sounds terrible. It's not the Christmas season. Okay. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. By the time Don't this airs, it. it will be Christmas. Oh. Far away. It'll be cri- no, it'll be before Christmas. It'll be before Christmas, but it will be the Christmas season because this will play right after Thanksgiving. Jeff, you're From right. You're t- He's got it all <laughs> right. figured out. He's right. <laughs> Jeff was born in Warren, Ohio, and raised in Burgles. Burgles, Ohio. He was blessed to move to Columbiana when he was in third grade. His parents, Bruce and Linda, decided to move to Columbiana. Jeff went to Columbiana schools and graduated from Columbiana High School. He also went to the Columbiana Nazarene Church growing up and was involved in many of the youth programs and youth group and camps. He's got a plethora of job experience. He's been a mechanic, a cable TV installer, then a converter converter fixing repairer. The ca- <laughs> fixing the converter boxes that, that you installed for the, for the cable TV. Can you get me cable? Probably. <laughs> Kidding. No. (laughs) Yeah. As he winks. (laughs) Jeff's salesman, he has sold, he's been in car sales, appliance sales, tent rentals, carpet cleaning. He's an operator at the steel heat treating plant. Then he got into quality there. Mm -hmm. 
He's a quality tech, and he's currently been at General Extrusion as a quality engineer. He was in the Army Reserves for 21 years. There he was a mechanic, a power generator mechanic, a transportation truck driver carrying 5K fuel in Iraq and communications. Dang. Tell us a little bit about that. How long were you in Iraq? 13 months. Basically left Marsha as a single mom for about two years because of my unit was in Columbus, Ohio. I would go to, out prior to us actually getting activated, I was going down there quite often to help get the unit ready to mobilize. And then we had several months of training down in Camp Atterbury, Indiana. So basically I was gone about two years. Total. We thank you for your service, <laughs> and we thank you, Marsha, for putting up with that and enduring that. Jeff met Marsha when he was a teen. They met at a youth retreat, and they dated for a little bit, but then they went their separate ways. They ran into each other again after they both graduated, and they started dating again and got married. They've been together ever since. October was 32 years of marriage they celebrated. Awesome. Together, they have a daughter, Marissa. She's a high school math teacher, and she's married to Brandon, who's the pastor of the Cambridge Nazarene Church, and a son, Jared, who's going to YSU for computer science. Whoop, 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 Jared! <laughs> and Marissa is expecting her first baby, which will be their first grandchild. Boom. That's exciting. It is. When Jeff graduated from Clemian High School, he went to the National Institute of Technology for Electronic Tech. He also attended various Army schools. He went to YSU. He started in 2007 and graduated in 2015. Way to go and way to persevere. He was working full-time and had a family in that season. So, so no that wonder was, it took you double time. That was the second time I left Marsha as a single mom. Marsha, you're a saint. <laughs> she is. <laughs> She's put up with me for 32 years. So. <laughs> Jeff enjoys his family, camping, taking weapons of choice for a walk in the woods. I like to go deer hunting, but I've never gotten anything. Never? Never. Okay. This, <laughs> when, is it deer so, season right now? It is. This could be your year. Every year I say that, but <laughs> hey, I take either, either my crossbow or my gun, depending on the season, go for a walk in the woods. I get out in the woods, that's a bonus. Anything else? <laughs> That's just icing on the cake. There's been times I've seen deer, but just the opportunity has not presented itself to actually get a deer. So he likes it, but he's not a skilled hunter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good thing I don't rely on it for uh, feeding my family. <laughs> All right. Jeff was born and raised in the Nazarene Church. He and Marsha hit a dry spell a few years ago and started looking and came to the upper room about two years ago. And now he says we're stuck with them. Yep. But we're Aww. really blessed to have them <laughs> so here. So happy to have them. Not stuck. Jeff and Marsha and Jared, they all are great servants and great addition to our family. The camp where he met Marsha is where she works now, Camp Frederick. Props to Marsha for raising their kids as a single mom while he was in Iraq and YSU. He's very grateful and loves his <laughs> wife dearly. So welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Yay. We're glad you're here. Thank you. So Jeff, mm -hmm. tell us, who or what turned your light on? The light switch. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys that he's a... He likes dad jokes. <laughs> Another one of these guys. Yeah, growing up in the camps and youth group and so forth, that, that turned the light on, but it didn't, I guess, keep it burning. 
Marsha and I, after we were married, uh, were separated for a little while. Bad choices. and But after we got back together, I remember sitting in Sunday school and the teacher was talking and he went through an exercise where he had everybody close their eyes and you know, imagine that you're walking down the street. Imagine that you see see someone ahead of you coming towards you. And then imagine that you look up and you're starting to recognize the person as they're coming closer and closer to you. All of a sudden you realize that it's Jesus. Imagine what you would do. And because Marsha and I were separate, had been separated and stuff, I was at that time I was angry with God. And I mentioned that in Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher is like, okay, just think, Jeff. You can be angry all you want, but all Jesus is going to do is take you and wrap his arms around you and just love you. And at that point, I realized that, yeah, that, that's what Jesus is doing. And uh, from then on, I started following God a little more. Not necessarily doing everything that you're supposed to be doing as a Christian or not. So that's more the actual light turn on. Later on, I remember after Iraq, coming back from Iraq and stuff, is that the light was turned on again. I don't remember the circumstances or what, but the light was just turned on again. And, you know, started actually reading the Bible, having devotions, having a relationship with God. And it's one of those things that, you know, knock a little sense into me. And We've had many people on our podcast that have... You know, growing up in the church and and strayed for a while from God and had that revelation. And I think it's so good to go back to your roots of the stuff that you learned and what you knew about God when you were a kid and in camp and wanting to follow him. And then sometimes we let the world get in our way and influence us. And Well, after high school, I mean, I didn't really want anything to do with church religion or anything. And... I started going to the bar with my friends after work. I joke around about this. I'd go to work, go to school, go to the bar. I was at the bar about eight nights a week. Yeah, it was bad. You go out Saturday afternoon, come back, sleep a little bit, go back out. That's, yeah, it was was bad. You know, coming back to Jesus and come back to Christ after Marsha and I were married is, yeah, it was a miracle, but yet it was needed too, you know, just trying to do things on my own in my way. And that doesn't work too well sometimes. Well, most of the time. <laughs> do you remember what it was that turned you off from the church or religion or following Jesus? I, I really don't know. I'm kind of, a, I call it an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. I love being around people, but I also am the wallflower that stands back away from the crowd. And even, yes, the military training did that to me as well, but, you know, I did it beforehand too, you know, but, you know, just wanted to be with the people and probably just wanted to do things my way and, oh, I can handle alcohol, I can handle this, you know, I can do it this way. And during that time, I lost one girlfriend. I started dating Marsha, almost lost her, and because of the alcohol, not an alcoholic, but I was drinking a lot, and I would smoke and finally quit smoking, learned to cut myself off. And even at, even at that stage, if there was something at the church, you know, you know, Jared get, was so excited when Jake was home this summer and he was doing they the had Jesus Bible, Club. They had the the Bible study. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they called it he Jesus was, Club. He was actually excited about that. Well, he's His, he's uh, coming but, on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so we'll let him talk. Here it is. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. So we'll, we'll segue. 
<laughs> Tell us how your life changed once you made that commitment to turn back to God. Even though it was at first, it was a little bit, and then another season, it was more where you were diving into the Bible and doing devotions. Like, what changed in your marriage and in your life and in your heart turning back? Well, biggest thing in the marriage is I learned while we were separated, we before we got back, actually got back together, we were going to marriage counseling for a while. One thing I learned from that, it wasn't all Jeff Kalina that was messing up. It was both of us. And there's things that we found out about each other that, oh, okay, um, this whole learning thing that we found. We've found a way that we can, you know, if something's bothering us, the way to communicate it with each other that isn't tearing the other person apart or ripping them down or anything. It's like, hey, I'm struggling with this, and this is my thoughts on it, and actually listening to what the the other is saying that carries on with communicating with God that you sit down and listen and you know you can say hey God I'm struggling with this um I don't understand it or uh, it is communicating more with God and just listening to what he has to say and not only listen but obey what he has to say and you know there's times that I'm like <laughs> This is silly. This is ridiculous, but okay, I'm going to go do it. How have you personally learned to listen to God? Like, how, how does God speak to you? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I just hear, I hear his voice, and, you know, as I'm trying to come up with a decision on, on something, it's like, okay, what do I need to do? And then just doors open up. Just an example where I'm at now at work. Before, I was driving an hour one way to work, a little over an hour one way to work. Kind of got to the point at the job I was at, they pretty much had used me for what they needed me for when I first started there, which was a blessing because I was laid off and needed a job. And then they uh, cut my uh, pay a little bit. And it's like, okay, I can't afford to stay over here and started looking for work closer to home. I applied where I'm at now, took an online course, you know, felt that I needed to take an online course in quality and having some more education. And I sent that to a couple places that I was applying for, and only one place responded back. You know, right away, they sent me an offer letter, and I'm like, the offer letter they sent, I'm like, Lord, there's no way I can afford to even quit this job to go to that job for what they're offering. It was really a low offer. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I want to like to work there, but I want to have the counter offer. And I talked to Marsha about it and she goes, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, Lord, please help me with the words to say in this email. Not demanding that you need to give me $50 million, but on the same hand, the offer you gave me is like really low and I cannot accept that. And I prayed, you know, tell me what to send in this email. Two minutes later, I got another email, and it was the company, uh, the same company I'm at, and they said, um, Jeff, that was a form letter. That wasn't the amount we were supposed to write in there. This is the amount that we really wanted to offer, which is where I wanted to be. And it's like, okay, I guess I'm going here. I love <laughs> So I didn't even like have that. to write the email. Yay, God. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us, Jeff, what lights you up? People. Family, getting out in the woods, some dad jokes. <laughs> I don't remember them, but I love I was going to say, are they prepared for tonight? <laughs> uh, 
had the men's retreat last weekend and you know granted they were cabins and those cabins were pretty well heated up but i still enjoyed being out you know being around the fire with the other men and so forth talking and conversing are you still a wallflower yeah (laughs) i probably always will be (laughs) just want to be in the circle but don't want to be talking too much I'll communicate one on one, but <laughs> there's a reason that I do sound that way. It's in the back of the church. I don't have to be up front. <laughs> Annie does a great job doing it. I enjoy doing it. I'm very grateful for your extroverted introversion. Need that for great sound people. All my sound guys. Well, I'm not sure if Jack's <laughs> introverted. I was going to yeah. say, all my sound guys are introverted. Not Jack. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> I've been having hearing problems and with the military that, you know, was tra- trying to get claim going through the VA. I keep telling Greg I can't hear anything, but it's easy to be a sound guy here when you have an awesome worship team that have to do is blend the volumes for the speakers that everything's coming through. I don't have to really be a sound guy. <laughs> I just mix, make mix, them sound mix, good. <laughs> just mix. Yeah, I don't have to make them sound good. They already sound good. I just they do. They're awesome. Mix the volume. <laughs> He makes it sound good. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I mean it. I'm grateful. You know, I've done sound at Columbiana, and there comes times that, you know, other sound guys, oh, here, I'll just take it over. I'll just do this, and, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm being pushed out. Felt like I'm being pushed out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sounds like here, different times that you guys actually want me to be here. <laughs> we do. You know, I love Rob for hey Rob. I'm have I don't know what I'm doing here. I have a question here, and you know he'll take the time and he'll go through the steps with me. And I'm a slow learner because I write things down so that I know it for the later. And then one Sunday I forgot the notebook, and I'm like, ah, uh, I rely on my notes. But you know, I managed to get through it. And everything is like okay. I don't need the notes, but <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah, and you don't do it just with me, but you, all of you guys take the time out to thank the, the sound guys that nobody ever thinks about. But <laughs> they tell it sounds bad. Until <laughs> it sounds bad, you get yelled at. Even then, though, it, you guys don't yell. You just, hey, it sounded bad. Well, change I'm, it here. <laughs> I'm always like, Jeff, make it louder. Did you hear it today? Turn it up. <laughs> and then Jeff gets yelled at. <laughs> yeah, then I get yelled at for having it too loud, but that's okay. I have big shoulders. <laughs> That's part of being a quality guy. You, know, you have to have big shoulders. Nobody likes that job either. Interesting. I, I never actually put those two things together. Isn't that appropriate? Mm-hmm. I like that. So. Thanks for your big shoulders. <laughs> what do you like about doing quality control? I enjoy the... Okay, there's a program called ISO. Oh, no, it's, he's getting deep into <laughs> oh, <my>. it now. <laughs> it's International Standards Organization. You know, basically... I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's kicking out. <laughs> Jeff, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. International Standards Organization. And basically, they give you a set of guidelines to for a company to follow, you know, setting up so that you're doing what you're saying you're doing. Hmm. The best thing I like about quality, more quality assurance than quality control. I hate quality control and inspections, and I hate that, that type of stuff. But with the quality assurance, working with the ISO program, doing internal audits, I even enjoy when the outside auditor comes and is going over everything and it's like okay do you have things prepared yes here's the document you need for this here's the document you need for that here's our procedure and 
So I really enjoy the ISO part of things, and that's a lot of people can't stand that. Just cringe every time they hear the auditor's comment, and it's like, really? <laughs> You're like, oh, yay! Let, let, let's let's learn some more. How can we do better? <laughs> that's important. Companies need that. A oh lot of gosh. companies, they'll, they'll get rid of quality first, and then... <gasps> Hey, we got a downsize. Let's get rid of the quality department. It's like, really? That's the last thing you want to get rid of because they're the ones that is checking the. They are the ones doing the ISO and so forth, and you know, keeping up with the work instructions. And do you translate over that over to? You were talking about like listening to God and obeying what He says. <laughs> like, do you do you translate that to? That's quality. Quality assurance. Quality assurance is. <laughs> Listen to what God says. (laughs) As far as listening to what God says, how often do we listen and not obey? Mm -hmm. Taking that other step, you know, we have procedures at work and sometimes they're not followed. If they're Mm -hmm. not followed, then another term here, corrective actions have to come out and you have to, okay, what went wrong? How can we correct this? You know, how can we make this better? And Follow the policy. <laughs> so we're there for a reason. Sometimes, sometimes it's let's change the policy because it's not really working anymore. It worked in 1992, but it's not working in 2021. Oh, I like that so much. I feel like so many times we just want to follow the rules, but I love these situations where like it's follow the rules, but let's also look over the rules and see if they still pertain. Because I feel both of those things create excellence. Following the rules creates excellence because they're there for a reason. Questioning the rules at the same time, is this still pertinent, creates further excellence in the future. (laughs) When I first started, I was doing an audit on our maintenance department and I'm looking over their work instruction and it has stuff in there about the Letonia plant. And I'm like, we own another plant? No, we don't own another plant. We used to, but we don't anymore. So I was like, okay, we've got to redo this work instruction right <laughs> off the bat. And I haven't even talked to the uh, the maintenance guys yet. So in talking to them, yes, we used to own a company. Here was the procedures for what they did in Letonia. Here's the procedure what we did here at Youngstown. It's like, okay, we need to change this and correct it and put out new work instruction for our guys. And they're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's really good. Always got to change. Yeah, but I appreciate that your willingness to change is the willingness to remain Mm -hmm. excellent. Mm -hmm. Chris talks about that all the time, (laughs) just how we are called to be people of excellence. And it shows up in so many different ways because we're all different, very different personalities. But your personality creates excellence in the quality assurance and the very detailed and organized. And I don't. I don't create excellence. (laughs) But wherever we're at. We're called to be excellent at it mm-hmm. because it's the example that matters in the kingdom. It, it yeah. matters who we are. So tell us, Jeff, how are you letting your light shine right now in this season of your life? Thankfulness. A lot of thankfulness. It's that season. Yeah, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful that I'm thankful that God cares about me. And that was one thing that we discussed last week at, at the retreat I was fighting a cold the whole week. I was fighting a cold. And Ron was like, shall we pray over you for your cold? And I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, I'm thankful that God cares about Jeff Kalina, even though he's average and his cold and, you know, wants to help him make him better. And I don't know, maybe I can't put things in the words. but (laughs) You're the apple of his eye. That's um, not a guy thing. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just like, Strike moving on. That. Strike that. 
What's a different phrase for that? <laughs> Here is dude. <laughs> the silly thing that I do is sending a text prayer or word of encouragement. To me, I think it's silly, but there again, I feel God saying, hey, this person needs a prayer. You need to send it to them. So I start typing, and then I'm like erasing it. It's like, no, here's what you need to say. And I know I've sent it to Beth I was going to say, times. Jeff. I've sent it to Jordan a couple of times when he was applying Sam a prayer and stuff. And it's to me, I think it's silly, And but I've had people come back to me and say, Jeff, you don't know how much I needed that today. Or you don't know. And a lot of times I don't know what's going on or what's happening. And that's when I can feel really strange. Hey, I don't know why I'm sending you a prayer, but I'm praying for you. And But I feel that if I don't do that, then I'm disobeying. And then it's like them want to be miserable and grumpy. And <laughs> Jeff is such an encourager. For real. He does really let his light shine. And we have been recipients of that so many times. He will text the eldership team, me and Chris and Greg and Bruce, and he will text us. He won't just say, hey, guys, praying for you. He will text out an entire prayer. And it is the most wonderful and thoughtful thing. And he will send it to all of us. Or if it's not a prayer, it's just a random comment of encouragement he'll he'll send us all a text you guys are the best you know we love you and it's so day brightening so thank you for being faithful i mean even to that which seems like this is stupid or it is really really encouraging on the other end of those group texts a friend of mine from high school he was having found out like real quick that he had kidney cancer you know went through surgery and I know that my friend isn't a Christian, but I sent them prayers, you know, him and his wife prayers. And, and then we just had our class reunion here at Street Fair weekend. She saw me come in and she just ran up to me. I'd never met her before. And she his just wife. ran up. Yeah. But she just ran up to me. She goes, you're Jeff, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, just gave me the biggest hug. She goes, thank you so much for those prayers. You don't know how much that meant to us. And okay, but uh, really, I was just doing what I was told. <laughs> you breathe courage into people. Yeah. That's what you're doing. I've doing what I'm told. <laughs> I've been impressed, too, by your family, how, you know, you're fairly new to the upper room, but all three of you have jumped in and mm-hmm. are serving mm-hmm. in really important capacities. And that's so great to see that when new people get in, come in and they want to get involved and they want to help and roll up their sleeves. And Marsha makes coffee and Jared, Jared yeah. does the overhead and Jeff's doing sound. And that's so important because there's so much work to be done. So when people come in and say, hey, I want to help with me to work, that's that's a blessing to the whole body, especially the coffee. <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> Last question. Would, would you have a supernatural story or something that you'd like to share where God's shown up? When we needed God, He's he's been there. Example of when Marsha and I first got married. We, we were married, had our honeymoon back at work, you know, working about a week or two. And then probably two weeks after work that I was late. I was let go from the one job I was at. You know, we came home, home back to Columbiana for the weekend. Marsha's church, the Latonian Mennonite church, they did a pantry shower for newlyweds. That weekend, we had the pantry shower, and then we were ordering pictures on Sunday after that. And on the way home, we end up hitting a deer. Here I am, no job. We do have 
the food from the pantry shower. We do have 85 pounds of meat in the freezer now because... It's your we, deer we you caught. You haven't caught a <laughs> oh deer since. Gosh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got one with the car. <laughs> and then um, we had our wedding money for the bills. And that carried us over until I actually got a job as a subcontractor installing cable. I mean, just different times. God, in his time, has provided what we needed when we needed it. And yeah. it was there. What, four jobs in the last six years since I, I graduated, got my bachelor's degree, and I've been unemployed three times. And But every time, God's been faithful, and I might be off work for six months or whatever, but I've always gotten something, and it's always been better. And, you know, the next steps have been, been better. And that will try your, uh, your patience and your faith. <laughs> but the one time we got that I was laid off, we had money set aside to get a new furnace, it's like, okay, I'm laid off. Here it is now. Winter's coming. We got to get this furnace in. Got the furnace installed. We paid the money. And it was like a week or two later, Here, here's your new job, Jeff. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't take that money and use it on bills or anything. But another interesting story that I, I had to share with you. In Iraq, and I, I don't talk about Iraq too much. I, I drove truck in the desert, hauling 5,000 gallons of fuel, rather be on the road than in the barracks. At our barracks, my room, I could walk right off to the uh, roof of the building. And Iraq has some beautiful, beautiful skies. I mean, you can just see for miles and miles and miles and just the sea and the stars. It's, I mean, it's so indescribable. I mean, I can't even begin to de- try to describe it. It's just, but it's just so beautiful. And then another thing, we, different times, we would have to guard the Iraqi nationals that was coming in to do work on our building. And we'd have to provide them with lunch. And they had certain things that they could eat. Most of the time, they brought their own stuff anyway. But you still had to run up to the mess hall, get the stuff, bring it back. But there's one time that I was on the guard detail. And we were standing around. And, well, we were getting ready to eat. And they pull out the, they had this huge thing of flatbread. It was just so neat because it was like, he just tear it off, tear it off. I don't know if anybody else thought of this, but it, to me it was breaking bread with other people, breaking bread with the Iraqis. It was just a neat experience, you know, just actually breaking bread with them and can't talk about Christ or anything, but yet there is a Christian context there. I did talk about Christ at Christmas time with a couple of them because there was a nativity scene set up. Oh, look at the little baby. I said, that's baby, baby Jesus. Who? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah, he's a good man, good man and stuff. And then, you know, the people in my unit, they're like, Jeff, you can't talk. Yes, I can. They they brought it up. I'm talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, it gave, I mean, just brief seed that I could plant. You know, I love that I got to break bread. I love that I was able to talk about baby Jesus for a little bit. You said in your bio that you guys were feeling a little dry. Has that changed for you in this season? Yes, it has. It has. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> I had the hour drive to work, and it was, okay, I should start listening to the Bible. I'll listen to the Bible within a year. I like it. Now, now you know, 20-minute drive, and it's like, don't have a whole lot of time here. But I've been in a season of listening to Hebrews, and I'll go through Hebrews. It'll go into James and, you know, 1st, 2nd Peter. But it's like I always flip back to Hebrews. 
It was funny, at, at, at retreat, one of my favorite scriptures is the Bible Hall of Fame, Hebrews 11. Jeremy used that at the retreat. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I had to throw that sports metaphor, you know, it's the Hebrew, it's the Bible Hall of Fame, <laughs> which is better than any other Hall of Fame I've been to. Well, Jeff, it has been so fun having you here and hearing about your story. And we are really blessed that you guys have chosen to make your home here at the Upper Room. And thank you for serving our country mm-hmm. in the reserves. Thank you for serving our church in doing sound and being an encouragement to so many people here and inside and outside the walls. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're here. Thank you. You got any dad jokes? I have one that my father-in-law used to... He used to love. He heard it one time. We owned a tent and party rental business. And he heard it one time. And then he, ever since that, as he would introduce me, he would tell people this. What's the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. <laughs>